Welcome to episode 128 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday morning. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news in the Wisconsin sports world. And we have all three Wisconsin sports to talk about today. So that's some great news there and looking forward to it, right? We have the Bucks schedule. So we'll talk about the, the Bucks schedule that was released for 2023-2024. I'll give my thoughts, some weird things in it and whatnot. Then we're going to go talk about the Packer game. And again, I was in attendance last night at the Packer game. I'll talk about key takeaways and such. And and I just wanted to right away go and say, um, you know, our prayers and thoughts are with Isaiah Bolden. Right? That was, that was some scary stuff. Last night, I was a Patriots rookie um, who um, had a head injury during the game. Uh, he was down, and then both sides went together and decided um, to just to end the game. Um, I think that was the right decision. And I think we can all agree on that. Uh, and the Patriots actually have canceled their their practices, their their joint practices against the Titans this week. And they've already they've already made taken some precaution on this. So um, just scary stuff. Um, and I got our thoughts with Isaiah Bolden. And again, he was released from the hospital today. So that, that's some good news here. And just wanted to highlight that. And yeah, I mean. Scary stuff. I, I I don't know how else to put it. Scary stuff in a in a football game, and it was scary. Yeah. So, lastly, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. We are going to highlight again week twenty one recap, and then we're going to preview week twenty two. So that's on the docket today. Let's go through it. Let's start with the Milwaukee Bucks, but first, gotta make of course the announcements for scheduling this week. Um, this Wednesday, Journey to Million will be there again for 15, 4.30. Um, you'll find us. And then also then Drew's Baseball Crew. We're going to be, of course, the betting show. We're going to build your winning lineup. Probably going to be on Friday. Again, I like doing the Fridays. And then, you know, if you're you're at work and it's not, you can listen at work. So you're fueled for, um, you know, for the slate. Or when you're done with work, you know, I, I highlight the nightcap. So. Guess what? It's 15, 20 minutes on the way home, whatnot. Just however you want to go. I think that's better flexibility for all of us. So those will be on Fridays here moving forward. Then this episode, will again, will be next Sunday. Um, might do the morning again. Um, just how it works out. I did want to highlight, I'm going back to UW-Milwaukee for one last year. So you're going to notice a background change coming. Not this week, but next week you'll see a background change and just be ready for that. Uh, nothing too much is going to change. Scheduling is going to stay fairly similar. Uh, these, the one thing that's going to change is this episode. You know, like the Drew Sports Crew when we talk with Scouts at Sports. I'm going to try to do it after the Packer game, so it can be like a Packer recap. Packer, you know, we we can build like a focus group and talk about, you know, if things are going bad or things are going well. I think that's going to be the the way we'll we'll go on that. And it'll, it'll just work better, I feel. Uh, the betting show will stay on Friday, and then we'll we'll see with Journey Million where we're gonna, what day that's gonna be. Ideally, we're gonna sandwich it between those Monday and Thursday games, so either that Tuesday or Wednesday is gonna be the ideal spot. But we'll see. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, I have a lot of fantasy football drafts coming up. Like I have like four or five of them. I'm serious. I'm in. I'm in a lot of leagues. I'm including Dynasty. I'm in like eight leagues. We're not going to include best ball because if we include best ball, I'm in over a dozen. So just letting you guys know, a lot of football, 
A lot of a lot of fancy sports. Baseball playoffs are starting next week for me. It's it's intense. <laughs> but let's get into the Bucks here. Uh, the schedule came out, and boy, it's 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 tough, you know. And it feels like we almost say that every year, but there are some stretches in here that are unfair. Um, that it just seems crazy. Like here's the stretch. Oh, like well, so. To start, let's let's start. So Thursday. October 26th, they open up this year, not at Philly, but at home against Philly. I want to go to that game, you know, <laughs> 6.30 p.m. on a Thursday. It's just a perfect time. Oh, I don't know if I can go. Um, there might be some conflicts there, but it's going to be fun. It's on TNT. I want to watch. I'll probably I'll be watching. Um, but already there. And then Sunday, 6 p.m., at Atlanta. I'm not going to go through every game in the schedule, but the point is the first three games are at home. We like that. It's Philly, Atlanta, Miami. Then I wanted to highlight, there's a really tough stretch in here. And here's how it goes. You ready for this? <laughs> so you start at home against the, you, you go at home against the LA Clippers. Okay. That game's on NBA TV, whatever. And then you go at Golden State, you for Monday to Wednesday, you get a day off. You go to Golden State, 9 p.m. on ESPN. Then you go to L.A. to play the Lakers on Friday. And then you stay in L.A. on Sunday until Sunday, and you play the Clippers. Then you go to Sacramento. Then when you come home, you play Philly and Phoenix Thursday and Sunday. And then you go to Boston. I'm like... You, this is unbelievably unfair. You go to Boston and it's a back to back it's Boston. And then you got to go all the way back home and play Brooklyn. This is terrible scheduling. Like um, you have this stretch. There's a, uh, keep in mind, this is a stretch of like over two weeks. You're playing the Clippers twice. You're playing golden state, the Lakers, you're playing Sacramento, Philly, Phoenix, Boston. All these teams are playoff teams. And what, what makes this even crazier is they each, could potentially be top four seeds in in each conference, except Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's the only one that doesn't really fit this. I include Brooklyn because you got to go home and they're the second leg of the back to back. We don't know how how Adrian Griffin is gonna um, is gonna rest players on a back to backs. So that's where I'm I'm like concerned too. Like we don't know which on which side they're gonna rest players, but that stretch might be the toughest stretch. I've seen and the Milwaukee Bucks, they're, they're testing them. Like, I, like what, what are you hoping they finish on that stretch? 500, I think is the expectation, right? Or like what you would hope because like, that's unbelievable. They do get rewarded though. The last three games of the year are two of them are against Orlando and then one against OK's Oklahoma city. So you'll take, you'll take that. It's give and take, but, that stretch in March is just rough. I mean, there's no way of putting it. Like, I don't know. It frustrates me a little bit. The other road trips, like, at least are bounced. Like, okay, you get you got to go play Denver on the road, but then they give you Portland and then, yeah, Dallas in there. So it's like, okay, whatever. But the other one, it's like, okay, let's just play every, every playoff team out in the West. Let's just do it all in one trip. <laughs> so... So Buddha NBA scheduling, not good. Anyways, that that is my complaint. 
Um, and that's the schedule I wanted to highlight. Basically, the the Bucks Weekly Prediction Challenge though in March is gonna be a toughie. Like that's gonna be tough to predict. Um, there is your Milwaukee Bucks news. Let's go to the Packer game again. I was in attendance too, and preseason games at Lambeau. Like people are like, oh, it's preseason. It had real game atmosphere. I'll tell you that right now. Um, it, it was impressive how the way the Packers can just make it still feel like a real atmosphere. That first quarter, starters on both sides are playing. I mean, Mac Jones was out there for multiple drives. Jordan Love was as well. Um, so it felt real. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Bailey Zappi was out then for New England, the second quarterback. Clifford then for Green Bay again. Um, so, like this again, the final was 21-17. Again, play was suspended. Uh, with a little above 10 minutes remaining in this one. Um, and just going through the game here. Um, uh, let's go through like the scoring, log, how, how it all happened. So, again, there's a bad shotgun snap for the Packers on opening drive by the center. And what we saw then was, again, Patriots, they got good field position, five-play, 21-yard drive. Ramondre Stevenson got a one-yard touchdown. That was interesting to me. So they signed Ezekiel Elliott. He wasn't going to play in this one, but they they did give Stevenson, even with Kevin Harris and Taylor playing in this one, uh, the one yard, like the goal line roll. So I, I like that. Um, and again, that, that could be like more fantasy football related, but still for Stevenson, just as a talent, that was cool to see. Um, so I thought the receivers, the, the young guys who played in this one, um, Kayshawn Booty, I mean, like this was – a good game for him. We saw we saw the upside with that 42-yard touchdown. Uh, we saw what he can do. And again, I know this isn't a Patriots podcast, but I, I think that's still of note. Um, we still want to highlight what other players did. Um, still important. Like the pack, or the, like what happened. So the Packers got burnt on a deep play here. Um, he slanted cut across the middle. It looked like in zone coverage, and just found a soft spot in the zone. And um, yeah, Booty gets the touchdown. I felt. You know, Packer defense, you allow 21 points, but one of them was set up from good field position. Like, you can't be mad at that. I, I was I was pleased with how the, the defense played. I think that was that was big. Kingsley Agbare, I mean, he had a great week. Two sacks then, like, he looked good. Um, he was winning off the edge. He's going to be a force, and what's going to be good is... So we know Rashawn Gary's come back from ACL, and then that's... Right, we always hear about like for running backs how tough it is to come back, but for defensive players as well, we need to acknowledge he's not going to be a hundred percent from the get go. I think, I think Enigbare is going to actually get some good opportunity those first few weeks. He they're going to work him with Smith and also Van S. Uh, we've seen Van S. Right now, it looks inexperienced, which is totally normal. Um, he at at the college level, right? The big thing about his game was the physicality, right? He was winning. He was winning with bull rushes. He was winning with force uh, at the college level. What we need to see from him at the professional level is win with finesse. Um, he's, yeah, and his name is Vaness. So, haha, funny. But no, really, it's it, it comes down to winning for winning with finesse for for Vaness because he he can't he can't bull rush at, at this kind of level against an NFL tackle. That that's just not going to work. Um, so we're, we're just hoping right, that that'll come along. And that was that was just a big thing I had to take away on. Um, that was that was the main thing on defense. What was the was the defensive line? I thought the line did well. 
Um, I, I was pleased with how the defensive line performed. That was what well, I was monitoring uh, when I was at the game last night. Could easily see it too. Um, they did well against the run. I felt, um, even though some plays they some plays broke out, but for the most part, they they handled the run very well. So that that's I think that's a good way to look at it. Aaron Jones had one carry in the game and that was gone. AJ Dillon had six carries. He looked okay. I I don't know. I I was fine with it. They used him a lot outside zone run schemes, and I don't think that's his game, but against preseason. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just didn't feel right to me, to be honest. And then right, we saw Emmanuel Wilson work in there. We saw Patrick Taylor. Um right, that was that was fine. Wilson looked good again. You know, I thought I was happy with how Wilson looked. Uh, I haven't talked about quarterback play yet. Jordan Love, five for eight there with a touchdown. Love looked, he looked good again. And we saw something that we saw the week prior. We saw um, when he was in trouble, he was looking for Romeo Dobbs. I'm serious. That, that's how, that's been the story of camp. And that's so far what we've seen actually in games against NFL defenses. He's, he's looking for Dobbs when he needs help. He, Watson wasn't involved um, at all. No, no, who's out there too. So I found that interesting too, but he had Dobbs on a beautiful play down the sideline, got overturned and it was good. Great, great play from the end zone. Love, love look great. I mean, that, that's how I'm lo- talking about it again. Um, and then Jane Reed touchdown. Beautiful. That's, that's where Reed wins. I mean, he's going to be, it's going to be speed. It's going to be, he's not going to beat you downfield. That's not his game. But he's like Dobbs, where he he'll work West Coast. He'll he's gonna work East and West with you, and I think that's gonna be a win for this offense. I was surprised to see Dobbs go even down like the deep play, deep throw because that's that's not his game. I I feel um they they were looking for Luke Musgrave. Uh, he had three targets. I, I like to see that. Malik Heath actually led his team in targets. He's actually that thumbnail. He stood out. He's gonna make this team. Um, that that's something that stood out for me. He's gonna be like I'm not gonna say he's competing for wide receiver three on this team, but because I, it's gonna be Watson again. It's gonna be Watson, Dobbs, and Reed are your three receivers. But Heath is gonna be used in there. Um, he's wide receiver four. You know, I don't want to say he has like the Sammy Watkins role like that we anticipated last year, wide receiver four. But that spot. But Heath looked good, and he had that. He's gonna be. He is gonna be used on this team this year. You're gonna see him out there. Uh, you're gonna hear Malik Heath. But he might. He's gonna be one of those guys. Maybe who gets like. Okay, he gets like two or three targets a game, but for like twenty something yards. But he's gonna be out there, and if and he's gonna be very good security there. If Dobbs or, or Watson or Reed, if someone has an injury or someone's out for a game or whatnot, he's gonna be he's gonna be in there. Uh, you're gonna see him. Musgrave is gonna be also a force in this offense too. Happy with what I saw. Um, like he was running routes, he was partic- participating in routes. Kraft was being used a lot as blocker. Now with uh, again that unfortunate Tyler Davis injury, um, so I anticipate you're going to see Musgrave. Um, but overall, receiving core looked good. Not too many complaints for me. Uh, Clifford, Sean Clifford, thirteen of nineteen, very conservative with the ball. Um, he was, which as a backup quarterback, I think you want that. You know, he was making making solid reads. Um, he was just like, okay, 
where like he would take games when he could take games. And that was something I think for especially rookie quarterback was huge. Um, again, like we're talking like check downs was looking, you know, okay. Try to make something out of play. And I thought with Clifford, again, I'm impressed. He's had a great preseason. I don't care about the pick six last week. Great preseason. He is going to be your QB too. Um, and I think the Packers have a better backup quarterback than people think right now. I'll say it. I think what they've done with Clifford and how he's looked so far, he is looking better than people are projecting. Again, he's, I still think, you know, if Clifford's your star on this team, you, you might be in trouble because I think that's fair, right? He hasn't actually had an NFL start before, but he, he has some good upside. You know, he, he's playing well. And so far, I like what, he, what we've seen in the preseason. Packer total yardage standpoint, they finished with 340 total yards. The Patriots, 245. They stood out. They had more passing and rushing yards. And again, this game was chippy. Well, that was the, there's two things I want to highlight. That's one of them. This game was chippy. Uh, Jordan Love got hit, hit when he was running. Um, and we had another fight breakout. We had a fight before the game even started breakout again. This was chippy. And we saw that in this game. And I got our thoughts with Isaiah Bolton. That play was not malicious. That was not from a fight. I want to make that clear. That was just um, a play in football where it just was unfortunate. It was just nothing, nothing either team could control on that. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm just glad, right, that everything's okay with Isaiah Bolden. And, again, the Packer players were – Everyone took a knee, and um, just good sportsmanship on both sides is what you want to see. Um, and, yeah, just happy with that and happy with how Isaiah Bolden's status is. So, yeah, our, our thoughts are still with him, though, during this time. Uh, last thing was Anders Carlson. They, I was concerned because 52-yard field goal to end the half. I was like, oh, no, he's been missing these in camp. It was in a spot where I was like, okay, he struggled here. And he made it. He made it. He looked good. Made both extra points. Made the 52-yard. One of them. One of the extra points was longer, I think, due to a penalty. So, um, again, I was like, okay, nice. Uh, so, special teams looked okay. Uh, punt return coverage was not good tonight. It was sloppy. Um, Patriots are known for the special team, so it makes sense. But Samori Torrey did not look good returning either. Um, I, I don't know. I was impressed with, with some more. I don't think that's his game. Unfortunately, uh, I think you're going to see Jaden Reed back there and Kishon Nixon, probably Nixon first, but you're going to see Jaden Reed. I think on punts, then you're see um, both those guys work in there, but again, won't be surprised. So just watch for that. And yeah, overall the game was for Packers. It was good learning for both teams. Um, Good practice, I think, for both squads. Was, they got a lot out of it, I feel, over this past week. Um, we saw Clifford repeated his performance. Um, Wilson played well. Malik Heath stood out. Like, this was the performance, like, hey, you're making the team guy, which we like to see. Malik Heath is going to be a Green Bay Packer. So, love that. And, yeah, just a scary ending to this one. And Isaiah Bolden, we are, we are rooting for him. And again, they practice. They canceled their practice with the with the Titans here. Um, so that is gonna wrap it up here for the Packer talk. Let's go over to the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's talk about this week. This week has been weird. 
for the Milwaukee Brewers. You go to LA, and I was I, I was worried. You saw in the prediction challenge, I had them losing two out of three there. Um, worst two starters pitching or of the rotation. Um, for the Brewers, they lose both of them. Not much in that one. West Coast baseball, nine o'clock first pitch. You know, Brewer, Brewers at night, Brewers after midnight, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it was it was just la- like when I say laughable, it was like, okay, catcher's interference on Contreras twice against Shady Martinez. Then we had they're getting soft contact hits. Brewers are lining out. It just felt like, okay, this is not a series we're going to win. Like, I, I don't want to be negative, but it was like, we're not winning this series because just how everything was going, nothing was going in our favor. It was impressive how nothing was going in the Milwaukee Brewers' way. I think August or in the right this game in August here, the Thursday one against the Dodgers. Cornbirds is pitching. I had the Brewers winning this one. I was like, okay, Burns has pitched dominant as of late. Curveball usage has been good. Um, he's got a lot of whiffs. It's like, okay, here's a good here's a good one for the Brewers. Lance Lynn was was not doing so great, but um, he has a masterful outing. That's how that's how LB.com they literally called it masterful. Couldn't believe it <laughs> because of that. I mean, it was, but but pitched really well in this one. And what happened then was Austin Barnes, who has a negative OPS plus negative. Yes, you can have negative OPS plus. He was one of the worst st- statistical hitters in all of baseball. He hits a home run off Joel Piamps, who does not give up home runs. Brewers lose one nothing and they out hit the Dodgers. I know this. This one for me was like, OK. You were bound to not win this series. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and I just, you just breathe and you move on. That was, it was such a frustrating week in LA. Like, let's not even, when we talk about the season recap, we're not even going to talk about the series. We're just going to like say it didn't happen. And the Brewers just took three losses. They forfeited all three, something like that. You go to Texas. We were worried about this, but I looked at the, the thing. I was like, okay, Woodruff's pitching. Then we have, Peralta pitching. So I had the I had the Brewers actually winning this series and they won the first two games. They won the ones I wanted them to win. They I had them winning Friday and Saturday. I'm gonna have a near perfect week. Um, so just wanted to point that out. I did have I do have the Brewers losing today on the 20th to the Rangers. Max Scherzer is pitching against Adrian Hauser. You see why. Hauser, um, when he's not a ground ball pitcher, he gives up home runs. Rangers, they hit home runs. This, you see what I'm saying? This, this is not a good matchup here for the Milwaukee Brewers here on Sunday. They have to out hit the the Texas Rangers if they want to win. So far, they've done that. 15 runs to the Rangers nine. They went 98 on Friday. Come, you know, are, are close to win there. Carlos Santana has had himself a series. This is why you traded for that guy. He's won his three run home run on Friday was one of the coolest home runs I've seen. It was a high fastball and. The way the camera looks at um, Texas at their new stadium, uh, it's like elevated a little bit. So like when he hit the, when he hit that high fastball, right when you saw it, like you saw it off out of the bat, and you saw just him like make contact with it. You're like, it's gone. It just looked so so great. And then Saturday they went six to one thanks to Freddie Peralta strikeout Freddie. If he pitches like this, watch out, come October. And then again, today they have Max Scherzer on the mound against Hauser. I'm scared. This week, though, week 22, it's a weird week for, for the baseball, just for the Brewers. You get two off days in mid August. It's so weird. 
and you get two game series against Minnesota. And so it's like Wade Miley on Tuesday. It goes, um, I don't know if they've actually announced Wednesday starter. So we're going to wait on that. I think Wednesday, actually, I think Burns is going to go again already. Yeah. looks like Burns might be pitching again already on Wednesday. So it's going to go Wade Miley and then Corbin Burns Tuesday and Wednesday. That it's going to be interesting on Tuesday. So what we know about twins, the twins strike out, they lead the majors in strikeouts. They're going to, they could actually set the record, I believe for most strikeouts in a season. That's crazy. But second is they, they strike out so much. It's right-handed pitching. Actually just Mitch Keller last night, I think had like 12, 13 strikeouts against them. Um, how many do you think Burns is going to have? <laughs> but uh, Miley, it's it's an okay matchup. Uh, they they hit lefties a lot better than righties. Uh, I'm hoping I'll be at the game Tuesday and Friday and Saturday. Yes, three games for me this week, and there are only five games. I know. <laughs> uh, they, so they got Tuesday at 7-10. It is Marvel Superhero Theme Night. Wednesday, then, it's Kids and Senior Discount Day. That's one ten. Then Thursday off day, and then Friday's Harry Potter night. A lot of things going on. This game's at seven ten. Saturday it's a Rowdy Tellez bobblehead. I'll be there. It has it has dogs on it too. It's it's just such a great bobblehead. Tellez is back too with the team. I didn't even talk about that yet. But so he made his debut again with the team yesterday. I say debut because it's been so long. That Rowdy bobblehead looks great. I'm gonna get that bobblehead. And then 110 on Sunday. It's the Sunday Fun Day bundle. So that is what we're looking at there. So there you go. There's your week 22 update off the record prediction challenge. This is going to be another one where I might have it out later tomorrow. I just want to wait and finalize the Padre starters. Uh, I think that's going to be important to shape out how this week looks. So just letting you all know on that. Let's talk about a little bit about the players here before we wrap up. Um, I want to talk about just Tyler Yelich. Um, I think this is relevant. Uh, Yelich's stats over the last like 14 days have kind of faltered to where he's been. Um, you know, we're just seeing, we're just seeing uh, with Yelich, he's not hitting the ball as hard. I feel as he's been um, over the, like the that three or four stretch we've had. Um, not that his numbers have gone down drastically. No, that's not the, the issue I'm having. I just concerned we might be seeing like a peak Tielch's ceiling. Like we were thinking he was still like on the upward trajectory to back where he was. Uh, we, we might see him like he's at where like the best he'll be, you know, moving forward, which is still an 800 plus OPS player who could potentially actually win a gold glove this year. I don't know what happened. It's just like, like we just went back to like 20, even like 2017 is pre uh, Brewers days were like, okay, he's a 15, 20 home run player and he's good defense, good speed, smart base running. He's got 25 steals. He's, and you pay that player every penny uh, of his contract. So it actually is not looking like a bad contract right now. Um, I don't know. You'll take it. He's at 126 OPS plus he's playing well. Uh, William Contreras is doing everything as advertised was the last one. His, he's been Mr. Consistency. That's been what you've gotten from William Contreras. Now, you know, you just know what you're getting. Yeah, 786 OPS. You're getting above average OPS from the catcher spot. And then overall, you're getting a player who's 14% above league average. You'll take that, especially at the catcher spot. So that's how the Brewers have been able to put things together. 
and Willie Adamas has had a hot weekend in Texas. Um, and that's been, that's also been the difference. He was dreadful in LA. He had like seven, eight, seven strikeouts, I think in the three game series. Dreadful. I don't know what happened in Texas, but he's seen the ball. He's hitting the ball. He's hitting home runs, three at games. You like what you see. So Brewers key to success here is going to be, is Yelich going to re- rebound a little bit after like a tough couple of weeks? And then also, um, I guess also watching Rowdy. Um, and then the last one is Adamus. Is he going to stay hot? What can we expect from him moving forward? So that is what I got. Christian Yelch leads the way still in war. Corbin Burns second. William Contreras third. And then it goes Williams, Piops, Miley, Adamus. So there you go. Woodruff's going to creep in there just because of how well he's performed. So you like to see that. But overall... That's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Good luck to the Brewers this week and next week. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.